Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Champions of Inspiration. The, the buddy that's on here today is a true inspiration. I mean, he has done so much great stuff over his career. And more importantly, he's helped so many people achieve the same thing through his Next Level by Association group. Um, you know, I could go on with all the accolades, but if we do, we're going to waste the entire half hour. So Bob Dinell, <laughs> welcome to Champions of Inspiration. Thanks, Scott. Welcome. I, I appreciate the welcoming. Uh, you know, um, it's funny because we didn't plan any particular topic or whatever, because I find when you and I get together and talk, we just kind of hit the things that need to be shared anyway. Yeah. So what's on your heart right now? Anything in particular? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that's on my heart right now is um, this this talk that I'm going to be doing um, again tonight that's about you don't have to understand um, to be understanding. And it's just that idea that, you know, too often we think, well, I don't understand what he's going through. So, or I don't, I think I understand what he's going through. So blank. Um, And I think if we just slow the roll of, they say, slow the roll a little bit and just go, I don't, I don't need to understand, but I do need to be understanding. I think that's a it's a fabulous point. I think the the key is having the desire, make the decision to be compassionate. Amen. To be Agreed. empathetic, right? Empathetic yeah. by definition is simply being able to feel the other person, mm. like you say, not necessarily understand, right? But but to feel what they might be feeling at this point. Can you put yourself in their shoes? Right. So I think that's a that's a fabulous point. I, I think there's so much stuff going on these days. Yeah. Right. Agreed. That that people are chasing knowledge. They're chasing the knowledge of everything that's going on. Yeah. Which they're never going to grasp, which means they're never going to have the understanding. I'm. This might be a long answer or a, a long <laughs> tale here. But it just seems to me that they'll never be able to understand everything that needs to be understood right now. Yeah, I used to, uh, I I had a whiteboard wall at my house uh, down in Newport. And it was just this, it was just one whole wall made with whiteboard paint. So you could do anything you wanted on it. And um, I used to ask my class, I'd say, if, if this wall represents everything there is to know about blank, sales, speaking, coaching, personal development, everything was this wall represent everything there is to know. How much of it do you think you know? And almost everyone would unequivocally say a dot. They'd just say that. And I'd go, I agree. Here's what I found. Every time we want to solve a problem, we go back to that which we know which is only a dot of everything that's possible. What if we just say, I don't care what I know about that subject, about empathy, about compassion, about love, acceptance, everything. If we just said, I know, I don't care about what I know. I want to ask, what do I not know? And how can I apply that? And it's a shift. It's a major shift. Um, And it it served me really, really well over the years. Well, it's absolutely, that's absolutely a brilliant concept there, because I, I agree with you. We tend to fall into our uh, paradigms, mm-hmm. paradigms, a set of rules by which we make decisions. Yeah. Right? And, and we see a lot of that today, which is a part and parcel why my platform is really to return respect, honor, and dignity to the planet. Love respect, that. respect is how I treat you 
honor is how I lift you up. Dignity is the feeling we both have as we walk away from that situation. I don't have to agree with you on everything. Nope. But I should respect that you have an opinion and it might be different. Right. And and honor you for that decision so that we can show dignity together and we can come to a more common ground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I agree with you. I think that, that, we tend to look at it only from our frame of reference. You know, my daughter, as we were sharing before we started, my daughter was just here. She's 32 years old. I know you find this hard to believe. She (laughs) thinks differently than I do. (laughs) So we can be talking about the exact same event and we've got um, similar yet different takes on that event. Absolutely. But that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing though. You know, I, you just said that the key thing, I think we have to be okay with that. And those of us that at one point or another, weren't okay with having a different opinion. Um, that's where we get stuck in the quagmire of, of all the weeds. And we don't, we don't ever see out of that. Uh, I think that that ability to just go, I'm okay with, um, with having a different opinion and them having a different opinion. And I might learn something in the process. One of the things I ask a lot of my coaching clients is, you know, are you, are you even entertaining the possibility that everything you think, you know, is wrong? Yeah. Because if they, that's if, a great, they that's a great question. That thought, if they can't entertain that thought, you know, that's where we got to begin. Well, it's interesting because, well, what just popped up in me and and we're both believers and and whatever, uh, you know, we're not, we don't hide that fact from anybody. In fact, we're, we're proud of that fact. Yes. Um, But I learned when I was in Singapore speaking one time, it's where I created my pre event prayer. I, there, I looked out of the crowd and there were like 5,600 people. There was the biggest crowd I was going to be in front of up until that point. Wow. And I went, I need some extra power. And so I created, you know, my pre-event prayer. Lord, allow the words I share here today to positively impact 100% of the lives in the audience here today. Only you know who you sent here to hear this message. Allow me to do the best I can to deliver that message via vehicle and of service to you. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden I, I felt rip roaring and they, call me on stage, you know, and I went, hello, Singapore, let's start, let's start this out right. Lord, allow the words that I shared, and I gave it to the audience. Wow. And I had just created it. Yeah, yeah. And, and multiple parts of the story, but I came off a stage and there were four Muslim women that met me at the bottom of the stage and said, Mr. Scott, we want to get a picture made with you. And I said, well, that'd be awesome. But hear my heart. I don't believe I really know your culture. I didn't think you did a lot of that. They said, we don't, we only take pictures of people or things we want to honor. And Mm. I said, well, that's very nice. Why would you want to honor me? And they said, because you made us cry. I said, okay, now you're confusing me. Why would you want to honor me for making you cry? They said, because for the first time in our lives, you encouraged us to have faith. You didn't try to convert us for Mm. that. We honor you. Wow. And I learned. So it was my responsibility to be a living example of my belief and do the best I could to be that representative. But it was also their best. uh, You know, their task was to be a representative of their belief. 
Mm. We don't necessarily have to have the exact same belief. Yeah. But we do have to have the respect of each other to honor those beliefs and then have a civil conversation. Yeah, civil conversation, boy, that's a that's a talking point that uh, we could <laughs> beat for a while because um, you know, how do you have a civil conversation um about a, a civil unrest, right? Yeah. Um, some of the stuff that's gone on in the world in the last few years and, and still going on. Um, there's a lot of civil unrest. And so how do you have a civil conversation about that? And I think it goes, you know, like you were just talking, um, having, having compassion, having empathy, um, and then even taking that to that degree with, um, I don't have to be right. Um, I believe I am, but I don't have to be. And then to say, tell me your side, tell me what's really going on. What, why do you believe what you believe? Why do you think that? Um, why do you feel it? Put it in different ways for them to digest, feel, think, see, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, and I think the more we do that, and if we're seeking to really understand versus seeking to prove them wrong, um, yes. then we can have that, we can have that civil conversation. And I think we just have to have that going into it so that we can come out of it with a civil conversation. Well, that, that's to a certain, I, I totally agree with you. I think that's, that's part of where I was going with all this is those folks grew up in Singapore or in Malaysia in that area yeah, and therefore had different influences and, and their parents had different influences. And I believe what I believe because of what was modeled for me or imparted on me well, it's reasonable to believe that they believe what they believe because of what was modeled for them and imparted on them. True. And it's a, nobody, I'm pretty sure on my birth certificate, it didn't say, here comes the judge. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, here, here's, here's another thought that I, I really think that I'd like your, your input on. Um, I remember there's a lot of stuff with Will Smith right now. So this was before that long before the, the infamous thing, uh, the, the, but this thing that he had many years, like 2007, 2008, he caught a lot of flack because he said that he didn't believe that paraphrasing to the effect that um, Adolf Hitler set out to do something wrong. Like he believed that he was doing the right thing. And, um, and I remember thinking about that and contemplating and really digesting all the different angles of it and hearing all the backlash he was getting, uh, all this stuff. And I remember thinking, you know, I, I, I see what he's saying. I don't think that Adolf Hitler woke up and said, let's see how evil I can be today. Right. Somewhere in his psyche, he believed he was doing the right thing, even though it was completely wrong. I completely, you know, detest it. Somewhere in his psyche, he had convinced himself or had been convinced that this was the right thing to do. And you think about that and you go, how many of the things do we do that we think are the right thing because of, like you say, the way we were a predisposition, a predisposition, the way, the way we were raised or, uh, you know, a faulty belief that we have about one thing that leads to a faulty belief about another thing. Right. You know, I mean, can we, can we come to the grip, the, the, to grips with the possibility that some of these people that we think are being so evil um, and their actions are definitely evil, maybe didn't start out as being evil. Yeah. I, again, I totally agree with that. I think that that's one of the things that I suggest is you, you have to walk a mile in other people's shoes. 
Mm. And I don't think people are inherently evil. I think they are inherently here to expand the greater good and the general experience for all. Yeah. And so again, if you, if you hold that thought, you know, again, I would agree with you that, that I don't think anybody sets out to be purposefully bad to another. Right. Now, over time, can some of the influences all of a sudden they make a ton of money or they get a, a ton of accolades or they're all of a sudden lifted onto a pedestal? Can they lose and go into an ego state where it, you know, that continues, right? They, they right. perpetuate the, the evil. All of a sudden something happens, they, either they get away with it or they get uh, congratulated for it. Yeah. And, and who yeah. doesn't want to be congratulated? Sure. So and they do it again. The beast, right? Well, exactly. It's like, and, and it's too easy to talk about that from a money standpoint, right? Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, oh, you guys, you're talking. About, but I think it's, you know, from status. And well, we were just talking about the difference between an influencer and a connector. Absolutely. Right. A, a connector is looking for the greater good, the end result, the the putting something of value together that's greater than when it started Hmm. in the influencer many times is just like, Hey, what do I get out of this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll build this connection. If exactly here, let me, I've got this string attached. Don't worry. It's not that big a string. Well, it might be a cable. Well, no, it's actually pretty strong. (laughs) (laughs) Or it might be a noose. It might be. Yes. Which that is not good. Uh, for yeah. sure. So no, I, I agree with you. I think that, that again, and we, uh, you know, Chris Dunham, um, who was really, in essence, Zig Ziglar's road assistant. I mean, mm-hmm. he was, he was with Zig for 22 years, um, uh, day in and day out. I mean, he was wow. the guy who, who was alongside there. Uh, Zig brought him to Christ and, and taught him so much. Well, Chris came to the country with $9 in his pocket in a dream. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just a phenomenal speaker if you ever get the chance to listen to him. And But when we were on tour together back, gosh, this is probably 2012, 10 years ago, my God. Yeah. And, and he started almost every presentation with, political correctness will be the death of us all. <sighs> well, and, that right there, end, end of statement, drop mic. Wow. Yeah, drop <laughs> Drop mic, right? And yeah. here's here's an Indian immigrant hmm. who came to the country with nine dollars, and that's the way he would open up his presentation when we were in the big arenas. And I used to listen to that statement, and I mean, oh my God, it's become that personified. It is so crazy. We can't. Uh, one one of my friends, very brilliant from stage, probably a year and a half ago, said. You know, if you really want to improve the quality of your life, learn to become unoffendable. Ooh. How powerful is that? That's, a, that's another one. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Huge. And so the, the combination of the two, the political correctness crud, you know, I mean, the, the, the debates we're getting over some of the, for you and I, very silly stuff. For some people, yeah. very serious stuff. Very serious, yeah. But it goes to what you're talking about they they believe so wholeheartedly in that 
that they're willing to break other norms to get the point across, mm-hmm. which is not proving to be productive. Yeah. I'm trying to say this nicely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. You know, my friend Wesley, you and I have this conversation about, about, you know, offending God a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, we've both come to the conclusion and we both shared our own thoughts. And, and one of the thoughts that we come away with is, you know, if, if you can offend God, maybe, maybe you're, you know, maybe he's not the, the God that we think he is. Um, God is, he's so much bigger than what we give him credit for. Um, and you know, you hear a joke and you, you think, oh, that's, that's sacrilegious. And, you know, and I think that there's times when there is sacrilegious, I'm not saying there's not, but by and large, the thing that people are, Christians um, are offended by are probably things that God just kind of smirks at and goes, really? (laughs) You think that's going to bother me? I'm God. I'm God. If you even try to define me, you've already done a disservice to mankind because you can't define me. And I, I, I just love that idea that, 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 uh, being, being unoffendable. That's that's powerful. When I first heard it, it was, it was so powerful because it's like, uh, it goes back to a teaching that, you know, I did a a whole bunch with Jack Canfield for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. And Jack, it teaches a concept of green hair. If I were to say, Bob, you know, you're, I can't believe you, you've got green hair, right? Right. You can respond multiple ways. You can be a shrinking violet and go, Oh my God, I'm being picked on. Look, it's being said I have green hair. Oh, you know, poor me go into the victim mode. Right. Or you can say, wow, Scott brought this up about me because he knows I've got a strong self-esteem. He knows I'm a powerful speaker and trainer. He knows that I can handle whatever he throws at me. I wonder where he's going with this conversation. Hmm. I don't have green hair. Right. Right. And so it's it's kind of the concept when people are throwing all this stuff out about, you know, your, uh, I mean, the word right now is everything becomes racist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, if you're not, don't respond to it. Right. You don't have green hair. Yeah. But yeah. but it's like people are trying to justify they don't have green hair. Right. It, yeah. It's crazy. We live in a world where can we just, you know, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was on a show the other day and I was talking about the uh, two commandments and the eight suggestions. Right. Love God with all your heart. Love thy neighbor like thyself. If you do the first two, the, the other eight will take care of themselves, <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. Think about it. Great statement. Right? Yeah. Well, it, and again, I'm not trying to minimize the Ten Commandments, obviously, yeah. but it's it's kind of just a to set the impression of the first two. Yeah. Is if if we would just love on each other, hmm. isn't it amazing what could possibly happen? Yeah. And I know yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons. Quite frankly, I want to say this. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I respect you so much really is i i see your leadership in that consistently thank you i appreciate that um i'm gonna receive that thank you please do yeah you know i think one of the interesting things that uh, that happens with um with this whole dialogue that we're talking about is we feel the need to defend we feel the need to promote 
or we feel the need to be accepted. And if we just could come to the realization that there is nothing to defend. um, And if it's wrong, we don't have to defend it. So why even give it the credit or give it the time and energy? Um, And then the idea that we just can be who we are and be striving to be better all the time. But um, the, the realization is that the byproduct of becoming better is blank. The byproduct of those first two commandments is blank. And be okay with the process, I think, is one of the biggest things that it's hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm, I'm terrible at it. Um, for the most part, I'm much better than I used to be, but still terrible at it because I don't, I don't always trust the process, even though I should. Yeah, well, that's, that's actually one. I loved one of Joyce Meyer's quotes. I, I'm, thank God I'm not what I used to be, mm. nor am I what I'm going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not yet what I'm going to be, yeah. you know, that I, we all, we all recognize whether it be from a, a spiritual standpoint that, that we're sinners, that we failed, or from just a human standpoint that we've had some bumps along the road. Yeah. yeah. You know, and anybody who sits there and says, I don't have any challenges. I, I haven't had anything go wrong. I have it's like, number one, you're flat ass lying <laughs> right, right. because that ain't true. Right. We all have that. Right. It's not, again, it's not the getting knocked down. It's not, not the sitting in hold. We're again, we're talking about this on another show the other day. It's easy to have faith at the beginning of a project because you're all excited and enthused about it. It's easy to have faith at the end of the project because you've seen the realization and the results of it. Right. It's faith in the middle. That's the hard part. Amen. When, you know, when you're, when you're in that middle, when you've started, you're an entrepreneur, right? And I know you, you share this with your coaching uh, clients often, that it's, it's that faith in the middle. It's that, that piece where, okay, the good news is you got started. You took the action. Woohoo. Yeah. Uh, It's going to take a while. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't quite there yet. Right. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've said for 20 years has been, I'm so flawed that I'm perfectly flawed. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I, I know that about myself. And then the second thing that I remind myself is that I surround myself with people who know all of my flaws and love me as if I had none. I, you know, that's why I love you because of the, you, you got some great, great writer downers. I call mm-hmm. them. You, you got to write those down. You got you to play that back and go, man, I, I need to write that down. I need to meditate on that. Thank you. Because uh, they really are. I mean, they're, they're those things. And I agree with you. You know, I think that's when we get to, that's when we drop from here to here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we drop from the intellectual or tactical to the heartfelt, relational, strategic, you know, it, it's a strategy to love on people. Yeah, it, it is. I love that. It's a strategy to love on people. Oof. Again, another one. Great. <laughs> Man, there are going to be a bunch of them here. We could, yeah, this is Soundbite City here. There we so, go, right there. That <laughs> oh, was fun. Um, no, I just, you know, I mean, I think that that's the, you know, my mandate, share messages of hope and inspiration, which is why I appreciate you being on the show yeah, is, likewise. is how can we do more of that in today's environment? 
Yeah. I, I, you know, for me, the, the number one thing is being present. Um, I, I just find that most people aren't present enough to be able to do that. Um, you know, I, I've, I practice, it's been, it's been a lifelong thing for me to learn how to be present to a conversation, whether it's, you know, on video or whether it's on stage or whether it's, you know, one-on-one. Um, and I, I, the more I teach the connectology pillars and the more I do connectology lunches and dinners and things like that, the more I realize that people are craving And My Ted talk is about what do people crave more than any drug connection? How do you, what's the number one thing you have to do to be connected with yourself, with others, or connect others with others? And it's going to boil down to that presence, the ability to just be present, which means shutting up, which means listening with open ears and no pre prejudgment about what they're saying, what they're going to say, why they're going to say it, but being present enough to really hear the heart above the words. Um, and that, that I think is going to be the number one thing that if we can help people learn how to be more present to their conversation with others, even the nonverbal conversation, I think we're going to, we're going to be moving the needle in the right direction. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, in, in, uh, that sucks. What now my latest book I wrote about be where your feet are. Yeah. You know, be in that conversation. Don't be looking over your shoulder going, who's the next person I need to talk to or whatever. Right. Ty, another point that I wrote in there is a little boy talking to his dad, trying to get his attention and going, daddy, daddy, you know, will you, will you pay attention? Will you work with me? And the dad said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here with you. Of course, he's watching a football game. And he goes, Daddy, listen with your eyes. Oh. <laughs> Boom. Okay, turn the TV off. Because <laughs> that's going to that's crush you if you don't. Yeah. And, and in the book, I write that, isn't it interesting that the word listen and silent have the exact same letters in a different order? Oh, great one. Yeah. So, yeah. so I totally agree with you from the standpoint of if you can be present, if you can look people in the eyes, if you can mm. follow their, their physical gesturing, you know, you can really listen and li like you say, listen without a prepared answer. Right. 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 It's yeah. just take it and run from where it is. Absolutely. Good right? stuff. Good stuff. That's this has been a, this has been a good one. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch this. This is, I love what's going on. So we've, we've got a little bit of time, not a whole bunch, but you know, you've got such great genius. Hmm. What would you share with people to, you know, really become more engaged, more present, more in the moment? Hmm. How can they do this when there's so much noise going on? You know, I, I, that's a great question. And I think the biggest thing I've learned over the years is ask better questions, ask better questions of yourself, ask better questions of others. Um, and it starts with that question we're asking ourselves, why am I in this conversation? Why are you and I having this conversation? Why is someone listening to this conversation? Um, and then asking ourselves that question and then saying, okay, what questions can I ask beyond that? And the in connectology, I teach the quality of your connection will always be determined by the quality 
quality of questions that you ask. Questions that you ask of yourself, questions that you ask of others. Um, and in that process of asking better questions, we'll get better answers. And I can, I can, if I know what I'm looking for, the second part of this is knowing what you're looking for. If I want you to say four, but I keep asking you what two plus three is, whose fault is it that you answer the wrong question or you answer the, give the wrong answer? You answer yeah, you gave the answer you weren't anticipating. Right. So if we learn to say, what is it that I want from this conversation? What is it, you know, when I do an interview or something like this, when I'm having a conversation with, with people that I really respect and, and appreciate, I want to say, what, what is it that I really want out of this conversation so that I can ask the questions that lead to that answer? But if I wanted to know, if I wanted you to say four, I could ask what's three plus one, what's five minus one, what's six minus two. I could ask a million different questions and lead back to four. But if I don't know what I'm looking for, I'm always going to be asking a question that may or may not give us the final answer that we want. So I think one is, um, is really being present by answering, uh, asking the right questions. And the only way we're going to ask the right questions is know what the answer is that we want first. Yeah, or at least the direction for sure. I, I agree. You know, well, it, it kicked into my head the reticular activation system, right? As soon yeah. as you tell the brain what to look for, the brain will find it. So yes, absolutely, we get, we've got not nearly enough time to talk about that uh, <laughs> from that side. Uh, Bob, again, it didn't, doesn't surprise me we've run through the time, but how do people get a hold of you to, to learn more from your genius? Yeah, they can go to um, everythingnextlevel.com or they can shoot an email to bob at everythingnextlevel.com and uh, be more than happy to, uh, to respond and, and uh, chat with people. Awesome. Thanks you. Thank you so much for being here today on Champions of Inspiration. Absolutely. Thank you for the offer and uh, thank you for your friendship over the years. Absolutely, for sure. And all of you, thank you for joining us on Champions of Inspiration. We'll see you again tomorrow. God bless.